Hello, it's David here. Thank you for listening to The Leader. Please do subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. If you could share the show too, that would be greatly appreciated. And for the last few weeks on this podcast, we've been concentrating on coronavirus, but the identifying of a new suspect in the Madeleine McCann case is a major development in a story that the UK has been following for 13 years. So we felt that we had to cover it. We were speaking to our Home Affairs editor, Martin Bentham. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Is this finally the answer to the tragedy of Madeleine McCann? Although there have been theoretical leads, there's never been a single person in focus in the police's attention in the in the way that this particular individual is. Home Affairs editor Martin Bentham on a new suspect identified in a German jail. And when you kind of hear, you know, the BAFTA 2020 nominations are coming and then you see the shows that come, you think, oh, my God, that was so long ago. You know, Fleabag feels like it was made in another world. Digital showbiz editor Rachel McGrath, how lockdown has changed the way we watch TV as Chernobyl leads the BAFTA television nominations. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, a new suspect in the Madeleine McCann case. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He is a German national. He's currently in a German prison for an unrelated matter. He's white. He's about six foot in height. He's 43 now. Um, at the time, he was 30, but he could have looked age somewhere between 25 and 32. Detective Chief Inspector Mark Cranwell describing a new suspect in the Madeleine McCann case. A 43-year-old man named only as Christian B is currently being held in jail in Germany for the rape of a woman in Praia de Luz in 2005. That's less than two years before Madeleine went missing in the same resort. Our editorial column says it may finally bring an answer to what happened to Madeleine McCann. Not all deaths are equal. Some terrible crimes resonate through the years, while others just as painful for the families of those who have suffered, 
barely attract attention. That's how it always is. Every country can tell stories like this. So new reports of a suspect this week in the McCann case are, understandably, a sensation. We now know a German man, currently in prison, is thought to have been in the area when Madeline was last seen. Unlike many possible breakthroughs in the case, this one seems to have substance. The German police sound serious. All this must be investigated, but we should remember that confidence from the police is not the same as a conviction, and we should remember something else too. That although the case of Madeline is one that has captured a nation's interest, it is still, at heart, the awful loss of a little girl whose parents have never found out what happened. Much as everyone else wants to know, they matter the most. Justice has no sell-by date, and they deserve an answer. Our Home Affairs editor Martin Bentham has been covering the Madeleine McCann case from the very beginning 13 years ago. Martin, we've had a lot of leads and suspects over those years, and none have gone anywhere. How seriously should we take this one? I think very seriously, the, the although there have been theoretical leads, there's never been a single person in focus in the police's attention in the, in the way that this particular individual is. Media might have pinpointed certain individuals over the years and so on, but I don't think the police have ever quite done that. And so from their point of view, this is a very, very significant moment. So what have police themselves actually said? What do we know? What we know is that... that in 2017, there was an appeal in this country uh, for information, the 10th anniversary of Madeleine McCann's disappearance in 2007. As a result of that, there was some information received. We don't know what that information was, but some information received about the person who's now the focus of the investigation. The Metropolitan Police received that information, then coordinated with the German police, who uh, were obviously interested in, and were able to assist. They've been working very closely together also with the Portuguese police to an extent, but particularly with the German police. And between them, they've reached this point where they have established a number of things. One is that, first of all, the man was living in the Algarve on and off, but most of the time from 1995 to 2007. Two, that he had a couple of vehicles which they're appealing for information about a distinctive uh, VW camper van and a Jaguar car. In particular, he received a phone call in Praia de Luz. He has been pinpointed to be, having been in Praia de Luz, the resort where Madeleine McCann disappeared from on the night of her disappearance and, and received a phone call from one of two numbers which the police are seeking information on uh, only an hour or so before she disappeared. They've also uh, discovered that he tried to, well, he did, in fact, re-register the, the Jaguar car in the name of another person the day after Madeleine disappeared, and that they believe, the German police, this is of the, the Metropolitan Police, haven't given any details of this, but there's been some more information come out from the German side, that uh, he had a history of committing burglaries at hotels and so on, and that he was sort of leading, leading a sort of drifting type of lifestyle in which he was supplementing some of that by criminal activity. And there's a theory, at least, that he broke into the McCann's holiday room and then opportunistically perhaps uh, took Madeline from that room. That's a, a theory. Yeah, there had been... Police had previously thought that there were... This was an opportunistic moment, really, wasn't it? And that seems to have been... This guy's modus operandi, doesn't it? He was doing opportunistic break-ins at hotels. 
it seems that we, we don't really know a great deal about what he was doing. There, there hasn't been a, a huge amount of information. That's, that element has come from the German police. As I said, the Metropolitan Police have given no indication at all about the man, really. We don't entire, entirely know. We don't quite know what the motive was um, or anything else. Or indeed, and we don't know clearly whether Madeleine is still alive or not. There's a difference here between the two investigations. The Metropolitan Police are still classing it as a missing persons investigation on the grounds that there is no evidence uh, whatsoever either way as to what has actually happened to her. The German police are describing it as a murder investigation. I think this is probably just a difference in, in emphasis in the sense in that the Metropolitan Police were keen to emphasise yesterday that there are cases where people turn up and are found having disappeared many, many years later. Obviously, logic would tell anybody that the livelihood is diminished every year that passes every day that passes unfortunately very sadly so what more information german police might have that leads them to that conclusion that they have been quoted the, the, the officer leading the investigation has been quoted in a way which suggests they've done some investigation which points in that direction that there is a murder that's taken place unfortunately but we don't know what that information is. Given all the resources and the years that have gone into this investigation, how has this person only turned up now? It's very hard to to know in, on, one, on one level. I mean, of course, the, the, the problem for the Metropolitan Police and indeed the German police is obviously they were reliant on the, na on the quality of the investigation at the outset. It turns out the Metropolitan Police officer leading the investigation, Detective Chief Inspector Mark Cranwell, told me this morning that this man was quite sociable. He engaged with people and would have been known in the area. And his name had emerged before, but never as a, a potential suspect. But presumably, if that information wasn't there, there wasn't uh, adequate detailing of who was around at the time and so on in the initial investigation it becomes quite hard to track it afterwards and of course in many ways it's a great tribute to them they've managed to get to find this now because clearly most people i assume would think that 13 years on it would be very very difficult and that the, the horse has bolted in a sense in that uh, although of course there are many other cases that get solved with cold case uh, reviews, new evidence being found and emerging often DNA type evidence of course although in this case it's probably harder to ob obtain that clearly because there is no, uh, Madeline has not been traced and again that all partly depends on the nature of what was taken at the time and how detailed the quality of the forensic inv investigation at the time of the actual incident. Next. And the way that they took that story, which is a story everybody in, in some way knows, um, and turned it into a suspenseful piece of television, I think really, really is completely remarkable. Digital showbiz editor Rachel McGrath with Chernobyl leading the BAFTA Television Award nominations, how lockdown has changed the way we watch TV. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. I'm pleased to report that the situation in Chernobyl is stable. In terms of radiation... I'm told it's the equivalent of a chest X-ray. No, Chernobyl is on fire. Shown on Sky Atlantic in the UK and HBO in the States, Chernobyl was a TV series about how a government responded to an event that threatened its people's lives. It came out last year, but during the coronavirus lockdown, it's been rediscovered by audiences with little else to do but watch TV. And now it leads the BAFTA Television Award nominations with 14 nods. Our digital showbiz editor, Rachel McGrath, with me over Zoom. Rachel, it came out before the pandemic, but I wonder if judges watching Chernobyl now weren't a little bit influenced by current events. (laughs) Well... I mean, I think if anything, if they were going to be influenced by current events, they might go the other way and go for something completely escapist and totally wild. Um, You know, the BAFTAs are a strange one because the eligibility period is, is so off. Your shows have to come out so early. So when you kind of hear, you know, the BAFTA 2020 nominations are coming and then you see the shows that come, you think, oh, my God, that was so long ago. You know, Fleabag feels like it was made in another world. So it's always a bit of a strange one. It's almost like looking back into into ancient history, really, because there are some shows on there, you know, things like uh, The Greatest Dancer, which required huge audiences that we just can't make right now. Completely. It's very strange, you know, and The Greatest Dancer came back as well. You know, we had another round in January that I'm sorry to say nobody watched. Um, So it does feel very weird and slightly jarring to then see these, you know, nominated for BAFTAs. It is an odd experience, especially given uh, the kind of situation we're in at the moment. 14 nominations for Chernobyl, and that ties it apparently uh, with Killing Eve as the most nominated show of all time. Does it deserve that level of acclaim? It's an interesting one because it's a shorter series than what we normally see. Um, But, you know, it's this fantastic Sky and HBO production. You know, if you haven't seen it, the production values on what Sky and HBO have been doing together are out of this world. The recreation is completely incredible. You know, and the way that they took that story, which is a story everybody in in some way knows, and turned it into a suspenseful piece of television, I think really, really is completely remarkable. Is it watchable during a lockdown? Because it, it does feature a lot of stuff about people being locked down and what governments are up to and that kind of thing. Is it a bit too scary right now? Personally, for me, I think so, yes. I've been much more into the escapist television. Um, you know, I've rewatched a few things on the list. I've rewatched Fleabag. I might go back to The Crown, which is also a bit more serious, but not quite so close to home. But, you know, if you're looking to kind of use your time to catch up on these prestige dramas and these amazing shows that you might have missed, then it should definitely be on the list. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. We also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. 